Well, hello, hello, hello. It's Joel McRae here. Good to be with you all. Thank you so much for hanging out and checking out my podcast channel. I really appreciate you. I always say I thank you for your time. There's so many things you could be doing right now, but thank you for stopping by and checking out my channel. Basically, it's a spot where I'd like to just drop some things that have been on the brain, things that I've been pondering. So let's get into it because there's always something that I'm always thinking about, something that's always on the brain, something that's making me go, hmm, I wonder what that actually means. How can I apply that? What can I get from that? I've always been considered the kid that mom said was always watching things, not really allowing things to get outside of my eye. She said when I was, um, I guess, a newborn, uh, shortly after being born, she would just move things around randomly, maybe sit a bottle at a particular place or move something that uh, I had somewhere else. And she said that I had my eyes fixated on just about every little move she made and that I was always aware of what she was doing in my own little way. And I guess that little um, thing of nature or some trait of mine has kind of carried on to now. I'm always intrigued by nature, intrigued by biology, intrigued by humanity intrigued by uh, science in general, just intrigued by God's creation, because I believe in the midst of that, uh, there's something we can learn. Again, I am not a seminary student. I am a Sunday school kid that just went to church and had a lot of questions. And over time, just started asking them as I got older. But my background primarily is just inquisitive and a musician. And so This week, what was on the brain was the particular text in Proverbs uh, 6, verse 6, chapter 6, verse 6, that said, Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. And uh, so I'm thinking about that text, and I know the particular focus of the text is about becoming, um, I guess, if you will, effective working Not necessarily a workaholic, but not being uh, lazy, being uh, someone that is uh, productive and getting things done. So uh, the only thing is, is that I was just thinking about the ant in general from a different perspective, not necessarily their work ethic, but thinking about their unity. And what is it that we can learn from the ant? I know that you'll see more and more from the text where it says, you know, you look at the ant, they store up and they're ready for different seasons because they continue to work, store up and for the entire uh, uh, nest of ants, uh, unlike the grasshopper or the locust that would just consume everything now. And when things become hard, these particular insects find themselves without resources to be able to survive. But this text says consider the ant. So there was a time uh, I was driving down a particular uh, street uh, in my town and it had rained heavily for several days. And after looking at uh, the rain and the effects that it had on the ground, I began to see a number of new ant mounds uh, popping up in open fields. And so I began to wonder, like, 
is that uh, are those ant mounds representing one system or are they representing a lot of systems? So I went on YouTube and I saw a particular excavation of an ant mound. And on this particular uh, excavation, what they did was uh, poured concrete uh, in the mound, uh, one of the holes of the mounds, and it took 10 tons of cement or concrete uh, to actually fill up uh, this particular uh, mound. And it took about three days to pour the concrete. And they had to wait over a month for the concrete to become dry. After about a month, they began to uh, basically shovel away tons and tons of dirt from the concrete that had hardened. And by the time they had actually emptied out all the dirt, they realized that the particular ant system was over 50 square meters. That's over uh, 20, about 20 feet by 20 feet, 22 feet by 22 feet, somewhere around there that this particular mound was. Now, I was amazed at the size of this particular ant system and also the unity of this system because when you see sometimes a field of ant mounds, you'll notice that that a lot of times those mounds don't represent several systems. They represent several exits from one system. So you're looking at this particular system of ants that literally uh, was about six feet deep into the ground with a system that was 22 feet by 22 feet, somewhere in the ballpark of about 50 square meters of system. Now, it's hard to translate that into human terms. So I'm like, what what, what can I take away from that? What does that look like if ants were actually uh, the size of a human? What? How big is that system? How uh, how re how really uh, related and how connected and how sp uh, basically spread out is this system and how united is it? Well, uh, I looked up uh, basically the ratio of how many ants it took to basically uh, come to the size of an average human. And uh, one particular science study said it take about one point six million ants to actually come to the size of an average human. So basically what I did was took that 50 square meters and multiplied it by uh, 1.6 million. And ultimately that came out to be somewhere in the ballpark of about 50,000 square miles, 50,000 square miles. Now, what does that actually look like? If you had to uh, compare that to human terms, that is about the size of, I believe, North Carolina, uh, the, the North and South Dakota. They're about 77,000 uh, square miles. North Dakota, uh, South Dakota, about 77,000 square miles. You'll look over at uh, North Carolina. It's about 53,000 uh, square miles. Uh, Texas is over 228,000 square miles. So for those of us that are from Texas, that's listening to the sound of my voice, you're actually looking at uh, going from Dallas all the way over to Shreveport, all the way down to San Marcos. It's about 50,000 square miles. What are we saying? We usually can't get a household to be unified 
in 2,000 to 3,000 square feet or sometimes 1,500 square feet. We usually can't get a congregation to become unified. An average congregation in the United States is a church congregation, and that is a Protestant congregation, is about 75 to 100 members. We already see that we can't get politicians in one state to become united on one front. We can't get, uh, as we said, families. We can't get relationships. We can't get school systems. We can rarely get jobs and companies to come together and get united under one vision. But yet we're looking at ants that usually don't have a very wise system. They're pretty random when they go out looking for food. And once they find something, they lay uh, some type of pheromone trail in order for other ants to find what they have discovered. But for the most part, it's not really a very well thought out uh, uh, anything other than instinctive look for food and an instinctive way of protecting the mound, uh, an instinctive way of reproduction, uh, an instinctive way of actually coming up with a united front. Your average ant typically uh, can live uh, uh, somewhere around six months, some shorter, and then there are some ants that can live years. But all of that to say is that when you consider the ant, not only do they have an incredible work ethic, they have a very strong united front. What can we learn? Well, we even said that the, the proverb says that a man's hunger will drive them. What are we hungry for and how can we become united in our hunger and realize that there is a whole lot more synergy and a whole lot more uh, productivity in a team than trying to be an isolated individual? How is it that I can tap into someone else's vision and how can I tap into someone else's passion? How can I better tap into someone else's purpose? How can we as leaders or those that uh, strive to be leaders create a vision and hear from God to get a vision that they can cast that a team and a group of people can come under with subvisions uh, in order to accomplish something great. I heard some uh, uh, folks call it a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal. I, I would actually encourage you to consider the ant, not only the ant's work ethic, but consider the ant's united front. How these ants that have such a short lifespan, that have such a random process of uh, looking for things, how it can come together, unite and create such a powerful system that can actually reproduce a powerful system that can actually provide a powerful system that can actually uh, sustain itself over a long period of time. Matter of fact, I believe uh, uh, I read that the largest ant system runs from Spain into Italy with over 9 billion ants in the system with several queens working together on a united front, which is incredibly rare. What can we learn from that? How can we come together and actually be a whole lot more productive as a team instead of actually subpar of our uh, capabilities as an isolated individual? I believe that we are created not only for great deeds as individuals, we're also created for greater deeds as community. We're created for greater deeds as states and as regions, as nations, and ultimately as a world. Because the Bible said a house divided against itself will not be able to stand. 
I ask that you would consider the ant not for its worth work ethic only, but consider the ant for its ability to come together, to unite and to create a system that's powerful. Now, we know that one ant can almost lift 27 times its weight. But imagine how much more powerful ants are when they work together. Matter of fact, even in the rain system and the storms, the ants would begin to form a ball and connect with each other and hold on to each other. And because they are not as dense as water, they're able to float. But because some ants need to come up from air, they're actually instinctively would roll that ball on top of the water so that they can, one, stay together as a community two allow others to come up to breathe and also survive the storm. I believe we can learn a lot from the ant, from its unity, from its work ethic and from its drive to survive and become an incredibly powerful system. There's something in each of us, something in each of us that can be a part of something greater. There's something in each of us that can actually produce something that can actually last beyond our years, a legacy that we can pass on. I encourage you to consider the ant, become wise. And when you consider the word wise, especially in the Old Testament, it means skillful. It means diplomatic. It means effective. And so may we learn a skill from the ant. May we learn some effectiveness from the ant. And may we learn some diplomacy from the ant and become so wise that we can do greater things for God, that God can get glory from, and that we can do greater things beyond ourselves. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. I thank you for your questions. I thank you for um, just checking out and spending time with me, hanging out. I really do appreciate it. If you'd like to hear more uh, of the um, of my episodes, feel free to check them out on Apple or Spotify. You can also check it out on Pandora. Looking for other places that we'll probably get it up on YouTube as well and hopefully get some video footage as well to accompany the uh, the audio. But thank you so much. I appreciate you. If you would like to uh, send me a message, you can do so at my website at joelmccray.com and I'd be more than happy to check it out and try to uh, uh, come up with more content that fits some of the questions that you have. You have an incredible day and God bless you.